Yo, this Friday, March 27th at noon Pacific time, we invite you to join the Black Window Cream live stream seminar featuring the creators behind the lens of Justin Bieber's latest visual album, Changes the Movement. This 16 video series features some of the biggest dancers and choreographers in the world and has amassed over 40 plus million views on YouTube alone. And we're excited to announce that we'll be bringing in the key filmmakers who brought this vision to life. Director Nick DeMora, executive producer Miranda Sherman, producer Andy Andrew Sandler, director of photography Taylor Randall, and production designer Francesca Maldonado. In this four-hour live stream, we will get a deep, behind-the-scenes look into how these filmmakers brought this series to life from start to finish. We will learn the inspiration behind the videos, the creative process that went into them, and the challenges they faced along the way. And as we've done in the past, you will be able to interact with each of our guests via video chat and ask questions live on screen. Click the link in the description so you can register now to save your seat. Make sure to act fast and we will see you on Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to attempt to do this entire intro in one take. Let's see how this goes. Welcome to the Quarantine and Chill edition of the Black With No Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. How y'all doing? Today is Sunday. Now, if you're a longtime listener, you know that we drop really, really, really fire interviews every single Sunday. And we haven't missed a Sunday release for over a year, but this new coronavirus quarantine shit is really fucking everything up. We want to respect the laws put here in place in Los Angeles, California by the mayor to practice social distancing and stay the fuck inside. So for now, we're going to have to adapt and survive. Instead of doing an in-depth interview, I decided to call up some of my homies to weigh in on the current coronavirus and how it's affecting them in their creative lanes. First up, I spoke with Jeff and Eric, who are the host of the very well-known podcast, A Waste of Time with It's The Real. The podcast is one of my favorite personally. And they are incredible interviewers. Some of the guests that have been on their show include the Migos, Ravy B, John Legend, Rick Ross, Cardi B, and many, many others. This is kind of fucking loud. I'm going to turn it down just a little bit. We spoke on how they are adjusting the production of their podcast due to the quarantine, the power behind building relationships, and how creators are going to have to think outside of the box with these new limitations we all have to live by. I also spoke with past Black Window Cream podcast guest, VFX editor and director Cash Bunny, who is best known for her creative social videos with celebrities like Will Smith or that music festival Coachella that we all want to go to all the time. (laughs) We talked about how she is taking advantage of the free time to build her presets, how editors can find creative ways to repurpose old footage to showcase their their talents to, to potential employers, and her interest in producing live streams on Twitch. And lastly, I spoke with another Black Window Cream podcast guest, director-writer Morgan Cooper. Best known for his Air short film, as well as his YouShoot video short film, we chopped it up about how he is taking advantage of this time to really focus on his writing for upcoming projects, how being... <laughs> how being really well... God damn it, I wanted to keep this thing going. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to hang in here, people. How being really good at listening is one of the best tools you can have growing as a fuck (laughs) should I you guys don't care I'll just keep going no one cares we have so much time quarantine's providing us with so much time god damn it how being willing to listen is one of the best tools you can have to grow as a creator and he also shares some amazing tips for anyone who's interested in becoming a writer 
Each episode is about 20 minutes long, so sit back, relax, enjoy these conversations. And if you really want to support the Black Window Cream Podcast, text a motherfucking link to this episode to someone that you think would really find it helpful to listen to. And that helps spread the word, people. That's what we're about here, spreading the word. So uh, before we get too far started, if this is your first time tuning the podcast, you are probably wondering, what the fuck is Black With No Cream? Great question. Black With No Cream is the illest educational resource for content creators fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee Black With No Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We have thousands of members from all around the world working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our private group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. Jeff and Eric. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's happening? How are you? Yo, you know what? I'm good. Uh, just sitting over here in Los Angeles, you know, avoiding the virus. How about you guys? Uh, we're here in New York avoiding the virus. So, yeah. yeah. Washing my hands about 45 times a day. <laughs> Yo, Jeff is watching. Yeah. Jeff is watching YouTube videos on how to better wash your hands. No, no, no. I know how to better. I, my, my hand washing is fine. Hey, More my okay. hand washing wasn't fine. This taught oh, me that my hand washing wasn't that good. It was like a quick throw. I was a soap on and then wash. And then my girl would yeah. grill me about it, that you have to get your hands wet and then soap and then lather and then wash. See, I don't even know. Like, I, I just feel like the 20 seconds thing is like a good amount of time for me. Right. That's fair. Yeah. I, I've been doing it too. I'm at my office and like, there's no one up here anymore. So I've been like disinfecting all the locks and the door handles and shit. And just, I have it. Like I have to have it. Right. Yeah. Like, so Ben, least- you, you, you know that like we operate out of our home regularly. Right. So, you know, self quarantining and staying in our apartment to do our work is not really any different from the life that we led for the last decade. Right. And so going out yesterday, Jeff and I made a dedicated like hour long walk around the city, avoiding people in New York city and like, you know, keeping, trying to keep six feet in between you or whatever. And like being afraid people are going to sneeze or cough is a crazy reality, especially after like, you know, probably staying inside for most of a week right. to experience that for the first time has been like uh, eye opening. Yeah. I do think that Eric put way more thought into avoiding people than I think that one has to. Mm. Um, I think that you just need to sort of be cognizant of people in your surrounding areas um, and just not touch them. Right. Um, but six feet is sort of like, unless people are, are exhibiting symptoms, there's no way that people are going to broach like even like three feet or two feet. You know, it, it's just like, it, it, it has to be an airborne thing. Mm. Yeah. So I think that, uh, it's, it's fine. I think that you're just putting a lot of thought into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also like weird. Cause I, I realized how you don't really understand how much you use your hands and touch shit. Like on a day to day basis, like you're just going to get, uh, groceries. You have to open up the door and they're like, God damn it. I just touched that and just wipe my eye. Yeah. Fuck. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's inevitable, but I also think, yeah, it's definitely gotta be airborne and people have it and there's so much shit. Now people are like washing their Amazon packages and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah, absurd. Yeah. Like there's no way you can avoid this shit because it's, we're too, we made things too easy. Like, Oh fuck, I'm out of toothpaste. I better get it from Amazon. But that means it got shipped here from somewhere. Then some yep. person handled it, put it in a box. That box was handled by 10 other people gets delivered here and now I have coronavirus. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, well, we, I mean, just don't put it in your mouth. <laughs> That's the point. Just just don't put your hands in your mouth, Ben. <laughs> I always put my hands in my mouth, dude. <laughs> a, you're a mouth, you know, uh, you're you're a finger eater or whatever. Yeah, I'm a finger eater, man. Have you ever seen people that um still uh, suck their thumb, but they're like full grown? No. <laughs> I've seen it. Wait, I want you I want you to out whoever I can't, is you're talking about. <laughs> I can't, but I know that there's some people out there and I've seen them and, and it's like a thing You've where they it. just can't kick it. Yeah, they can't kick it from when they're like a baby and it's full grown in in like public places just full on sucking thumbs. I, I what? I've never heard of this. It was wild. It's wild to see. That's not what and I wanted to talk to you guys about though. What kind of circles are you running in? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. uh, running in all circles, man. You know, I mean, I've connected to everybody. I I feel like um I, I want to talk to you guys specifically about it because it's like having a podcast and and this being like the main thing that you guys do. Yeah. You guys do a lot of shit, you know what I mean? And yeah. have been doing yeah. a lot of shit. And first I just want to say you guys have the fucking not third but the first best <laughs> podcast I've ever heard. Thank, Thank you very, you very much. much. It's Thank you. it's uh it's fucking drives me nuts when actual valuable podcasts are like still unknown. And then the, there's like podcasts that are like just booming in the charts in the top 10 charts and, and everyone's like, this is cool. And then they're just hopping on train. And I'm like, what the fuck? There's so much valuable <laughs> insight to like what you guys release nonstop. And I feel like it'd be interesting to hear from your, from your angle. But like you said, you, you guys are in your house, you guys record out of your house yeah. and it's a lot, it's always interviews. And so with yeah. this happening, like for me, on Sundays, I'm trying to take a break from interviewing people. I tried to stack up. And so this is like a solve for it. And you guys creating like quarantine radio. Now you guys switched yeah. up the style and you're doing something different. Um, yeah. Was that just like, a, let's find an immediate fix. Obviously, it's playing off the relevancy. Yeah, I think that um, one, one thing we've always been good at is switching up um, in terms of like not staying at the party too long. Um, we never wanted to be put in a corner and had people be like, oh, yeah, right those guys just do this. Mm. So um, over the course of our career, like you said, we've done a number of things and in a number of mediums and a, a number of cool ideas. With the podcast, there is that conundrum of this is an interview podcast. It's 307 episodes deep and it's good. Right. You know, it's really hit its stride and we know what we're doing. The guests understand it. The publicists understand it. The audience understands it. And then it's like, hey, wait, you can't have the guests come over to your house anymore. Yeah, so, because like not only do we not want people over here, but nobody's even like taking flights. Nobody's getting on the subway. Nobody's like going anywhere. Yeah. So you have a problem and it's like, well, how do you solve that? And I'll say that we were quick to think of it. Um, we were quick to enact it. We hit up Amazon and we're like, all right, here's what we don't have in terms of like our, um, you know, technical needs. And we ordered what we needed to get. They were delivered on Sunday. We did some test uh, episodes and then Monday morning right away, like Jeff did the art on Sunday. We, Fire, by the way, you know, thank you. We asked, uh, you know, three different people. We figured out the format and we were like, yo, let's just make this happen. And I'll say this. Uh, we're, you know, four or five episodes in right. at this point. And while I think we anticipated it would be a cool way to fill our podcasting void, what we didn't consider right away was the impact that would it would have on, uh, I guess, uh, our listeners and for us as well. Like, yeah. because we get messages every single day about people who are just like, thank you so much. And I, I think that people are just feeling it. Like there's, there are a lot of things to watch, but I think that this is alleviating anxiety in a way that a lot of those things just aren't touching, mm -hmm. you know, like hearing how people are getting through their days 
really hits home at a time when you're wondering how am I going to get through these next 24 hours or whatever, eight weeks or however long. Yeah, no, that's good. So you guys, are you recording as much as possible in advance so you can kind of stockpile? Are you doing it day by day almost? It's day by day because everything changes so much. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't want to record something on a Friday, put it out on a Monday and it's like, you know, I mean, things shift over the weekend. It's like, oh no, this person's in a great mood when they really should be in a less great mood. Right. Yeah. And also we, um, I just sent out a newsletter just now to like, you know, our, our core fans and we're starting a thing called fan Sundays where people who normally would not be on the podcast because of location, because of what they do, because of whatever, you know, doesn't really fit in with, with our guest list. Um, we're having them come on and, and we're going to talk to them for 20 minutes at a time or 15 minutes or whatever it is, 10 minutes, five minutes if they're really boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. Call. But, um, but no, I think that like, we're going to get a lot of perspectives on what people are going through and, um, and, you know, brightening up their day, you know, five, 10, 20 minutes at a time. I think it's a great way to fill the gap. Obviously we have no idea when this will end and it looks like it's going to be kind of a, a, a little jaunt of time because you don't want to just keep passing this around and it's very important for people to stay the fuck inside and not go spread shit. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, yeah. It, it does seem like a solid solve when we were thinking about it too, uh, we were talking about like maybe we, cause we do on Wednesdays, we do something similar to this, like, which I would love to do with you guys again, but it's called the morning roast where we just like deep yeah. dive into a topic for 30 minutes, whatever. And yeah. so we were like, maybe we do that with a bunch of different people and then we're like, yeah, but that's just like a longer morning roast. And then you guys did it. And I was like, all right, this is inspiring me. Like, it makes too much sense and it, and it adds, you know, it kind of fills the same amount of time our podcast would, but it's interesting because I can talk to all kinds of different people and to hearing how you guys are coping with it. Plus you guys do a lot of live shit. You guys are so active in the scene. You're constantly going yeah. to events and everything. That's how yeah. you do a majority of networking too. Does yeah. Tr- I think too. And a really important thing is that, so we did a, a weekly podcast, right? And then, uh, and that's, you know, 300 episodes on a weekly basis that there's also, uh, you know, our other podcasts that we do with the locks, two Jews and two black dudes mm-hmm. review the movies. And then it's like, well, people are going to be starving for content. I know myself, you know, I subscribe to a lot of YouTube channels. I need that video to show up. Well, but talk about what, what YouTube channels you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I watch, I watch a lot of, uh, car restoration channels okay. and, um, uh, engine, engine rebuilds and, you know, engine rebuilds? Are, you, know, I, are I, you being I, serious? Yeah, I'm totally into cars. This this idea of lock picking is something that Jeff like remembers that I watched like once. Um, because <laughs> it wasn't he, just once because he locked <laughs> his door, and we had to take off the door handle to actually get into his room. But uh, that is no longer a part of my life. But that is what led down this this I, road a year ago. What? Yeah. Hey, one and, of my uh, one of my really good friends uh, back in junior high got a lock picking kit and he hooked me up with it because I had this idea where I wanted to go to our local hotel and, um, lock pick the pool tables so I could just get the money out of there. So then we'd just keep be- being able to play pool for free and you I know, couldn't master um, it. We're learning a lot about Ben today. Yeah. Um, I thought that we were going to talk about the things that are happening with us, but now <laughs> I really want to know about Ben and the way that he makes money. But yeah, I have uh, no idea how I'm going to make any fucking money, man. But, but the, the, the bigger point was that people were starving for content. Yes. And I was just like, you know, what probably makes the most sense is to do a daily show and mm. give people just something because, you know, once a week during this time when it's like, yo, I'm indoors, I'm bored. I'm, I've gone through like all the episodes of Chernobyl right. or, you know, Sopranos or whatever. It's like, 
give me something else. And if we can give people something on a regular basis, get people involved, I think that uh, we're all better for it. No, I think it's a great idea. I think that it's something that will fill a gap. And I'm interested to see what you guys do past the point where everything's back to normal. You know what I mean? I imagine we'll be back to normal in a short time, hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, so on that, if things are not normal, um, I think we positioned ourselves in a good space over the last, like I said, decade where it's like, you know, we're self-sufficient. Yep. Uh, we can, you know, we've proven that we can do a lot of content from our home. It's like if Hollywood is really crippled after this, mm-hmm. if, if people are in their homes for a long time and you're not doing big movies and you're not doing, um, you know, big scripted TV shows, it's like, well, what can you do from your home or in a small setting? And we're pretty good at that. So. Yeah, we're pretty primed to, you know, hit the ground running for whatever it is. I was trying to see, I think Jimmy Fallon even did a YouTube version of his show. Yep. You know what I mean? From his yeah. house. Yeah. yeah, Fallon, Kimmel, and Colbert have all been recording at home. Yeah. And That's, it's like, yo, welcome to the club, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think it's it's solid. And, and it's cool, too, because you guys can talk to so many different people. You've built so many good relationships over the time that you're going to keep putting out full insight full you know awareness to on current events like that's what those episodes provide which is really really dope well until we inevitably get into some fight and then start two competing podcasts Mm. Mm. and so then it's like you know what what am i gonna do versus what is eric gonna do you just have to monopolize the equipment yeah you're like recording your episode and i can hear him recording his episode in the other like side of the room and it's just yeah we got 15 15 foot cords so you know there we go yeah that's true (laughs) is it uh with you guys for does it affect you do you worry about financials at all in in this regard do you guys think about that immediately like when this started happening for me i lost a job i was supposed to be with uh, jay electronics they they were going to do a whole thing out here and wow right away it was like oh we're gonna cancel that shit because you know yes we had we had business meetings you know that uh, were moving forward like quickly like we went to this big office and yeah we we met with this big guy who we've been meeting with and we walked into the office and there was no one in there and i was like oh this is strange Mm. we heard that people are probably working from home yeah and it was like and we all did the thing where like we don't shake hands yeah you know i mean like it was we um we didn't know that it would be like complete lockdown, but yeah. I think that that's a, that is a deal that is uh, going to have to wait for a little while, especially while the markets figure themselves out. Um, I think that, you know, uh, I can't imagine that advertisers are still advertising right now. So I don't know how, um, or not like they did, but it's like, you know, I had a discussion with a friend who works at a giant company that's still very much in business. You know, they're, they're mostly digital and, you know, he was thinking of ways for them to spend their money in, in new and progressive ways as well. So I, there's part of me that thinks like, you know what, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen have a humongous audience and they're doing a live on a, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday night. Some advertisers got to think, hey, that's a cap, like, pardon the pun, but a captive audience, right? right yeah. And it's like, let me just sponsor that and be a presenting sponsor. And it's like more and more. Yeah, but John and Chrissy are going to donate that to um I get it, I get it. But like, if you have, if you have, you know, whatever artist is like carrying a big, big platform, it's like, yeah, maybe I do want, uh, you know, my my brand to be a part of that. No, totally. Yeah. I, th- I see it as, it's just they have to kind of revise their strategy because all, all these big brands are 
they have the whole year mapped out to an extent, you know what I mean? And their budgets are in different pockets. But when airlines stop, why are airlines going to keep promoting to buy flights? You know what I mean? If that's what your big bread and butter was, was promoting uh, American airlines tickets or whatever the fuck, like they're not going to really need to spend that money right now until they figure shit out. I think one thing that I think is good for you guys is you have your Patreon account, which I'm happy that you guys started that, um, that it's, yeah, it's, it's something that we, uh, it just yeah. didn't do for a long time. Yeah. We weren't sure like how it worked. We weren't sure if like people would be committed to it. Um, and we didn't know, you know, whether the times would support it or not, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we're very happy to to see that people are uh, into it, that they're supporters and that like beyond just like um, being a fan, they want to be part of something that feels bigger to them. And that's, I, you know, really really gratifying well and do you guys listen to the um were you a fan of the office yes yeah do you have you well, listened which one? To their, i mean both but yes the american one but did you yeah. did you hear yeah. the um uh fuck what's their podcast name office ladies yeah office ladies have you guys listened to that jeff I, did. I listened to uh probably like four episodes yes yeah, um and then i was like i'm gonna catch up at a, at a later point because like the first season is not my favorite mm. but like i i do enjoy um, also they came in very hot. They came in very hot. Like it was a lot of, um, just like this, like gratitude of like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe we're doing this. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I just need to like wait for them to be good. Uh, at- <laughs> even out. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think like what's interesting about to me, Patreon, right. I've been a, a fan of the platform for so long and it's luckily like we established it and it's not like massive for us, but it's enough to keep our rent paid for at this podcast yeah. office or whatever, which is helpful as fuck. Uh, but what I like about it is it gives like creators the opportunity to have the label funding. You know what I mean? For us, it's yeah. like, if you look at that show, it clearly looks funded. Like there's no worries. They have everything dialed in. Everything is so pristine. They have producers, they have executive producers. They have like the run of shows dialed. Like everything's taken care of for them. And it's cause they yeah. have those agencies and they, and those people re benefits from making sure that shit happens for these people. But when we start these types of things and we run these bootleg shows, it's like, we depend on the audience to buy a mug. We depend on, yeah. you know, especially with that. And we're getting these people to come and be guests because they, like us for some reason or whatever, which is awesome. But then it's not like that immediately equates to like a check. You know what I mean? Right. right. Yeah. No, it's more cool than like actual, a sustainable thing. Right. But, um, but I think that people like being part of cool things and then hopefully like the business catches up to it. I think that's like in the story of our career. And I, I think that you've been, um, able to straddle it where you've been able to be hired by huge productions and, um, and then also do things on your own and, and, and be, uh, subsidize that with your own like income and stuff. Right. Yeah. That's one thing I, I, it, it becomes kind of a challenge too. Uh, like where I'm doing, I have like editing jobs luckily that were st- that planned before this and they need to be done. And, um, yeah. so I'm doing those right now, but as much as I want to dive in and just constantly be banging out content right now, it's like, God damn it. I still have to get, this is like 12 hour days of editing that I have to do on top of trying to manage what we, our base model of, podcasting, you know, but I, I yeah. love it that you guys have been able to find a way to take advantage of the time and really crank out the output of content that you guys are doing. Cause I think it's just going to, it's going to fill a gap and people are excited to listen to it. And honestly, you never know. Like I, I, I think from studying YouTubers, um, you watch these people go to like they vlog or whatever, and they're doing weekly vlogs, but then they crank it up to daily. The amount yeah. of, uh, new fans that they get is insane. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a um, 
you know, we're, we're proud of our body of work. And whenever people find it, it's always a joy to us when people are like, yo, I've been sleeping on them for the longest or like, I never heard of these guys. It's, it's really funny to see like, you know, some of our videos go viral on YouTube and, and people see us for the first time. They're just like, wait, you, you really did this? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, I've never heard of you before. And it's like, man, you know, as much as we're like, we've been around for a dozen years and we've done a lot of cool things. People right. still might not know you in some corner of the, the internet. Yeah, which is fair. Cause it just means that like, I saw an article in the times before any of this was happening about how like there are way too many celebrities. Mm. And it's just like, that's true. Like there's, there's just so many people and like, you know, we fulfill our, our thing for a, a niche audience. And then, you know, you hope that, that niche gets bigger. Damn. That's so true. Fuck. There are ways, yeah. like even, um, what show did I start watching last night? It was a, a new, uh, Hulu show. The Office. No, it wasn't the office. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> but it's like watching straight. Weren't you watching, uh, uh, Beyonce live last night? Oh yeah. That was yesterday. That was nice. It's called homecoming. Jeff? But how crazy, no. like think about that, that that's crazy too is, and I was just talking about this with cash bunny who's also on this episode, but Netflix made a, a Chrome extension that allows everyone to watch a f- film together and have it's, a party. Yeah, it's pretty- it's pretty special and we might be doing a, a cool thing for two Jews and two black dudes for that. Concept. Yeah. Like there's ways to take advantage of that type of shit because people want to be together and we're forced not to, which is probably co- half the problem. Like people have been thinking about their spring break to go wild in college. And, and that's why those parties are still happening. Cause they don't give a fuck because they just, they're not a, they're probably not paying attention to what the reality of them getting together is, but people yeah. need to be together. So there's a way to adapt to that. Like, yeah, to be able to review a movie in real time, uh, yeah, I think I think now is the time for creators everywhere. You are forced to adapt, and mm-hmm. that's that's you know uh, musical artists or or comedians for live performances. That's podcasters who rely on you know a, a third member to be in the same room. That is uh, you know ju- it's, it's it's everybody. Yeah, it's everybody doing painters, everything. Yeah, you have to adapt. You have to figure out a new way to bring your art to other people because museums are closing. And, you know, um, uh, the Metropolitan Opera laid everybody off. And this Damn. this happens over and over. And it's like, well, what can we do to keep culture and community alive? And I think that, you know, we're just trying to do our little part here and hope that uh, everyone else does theirs. Yeah. yeah, it's either this or we start singing Celine Dion songs off our balcony. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Those are the only Yeah, I saw Trevor Noah try to start it up the other day. Yeah, and then he was, he was like, "Shut yeah. up!" Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, that's yeah. great. Yo, I appreciate you guys. Um, is there anything else you want to leave for for people? I'm gonna put links to you guys' podcast and socials on in the bio. But yeah, I think that you know, there's so much content out there. Uh, the easiest way to search us is we're it's the real one word, no apostrophe, no spaces. Just Google us, and you'll find. A lot of work. A lot of work. And hop in and support their Patreon, guys. Yes, every, sir. Every we appreciate helps. you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we yes. didn't even get to talk about how you have the same name as Macklemore. <laughs> yeah, we could. We'll save that for quarantine radio, right? <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, man. Yo, thank you, Jeff and Eric, for coming on the podcast. It was actually super last minute, but they were down to hop on, so I appreciate them for doing that. Make sure to check out their podcast, A Waste of Time with It's a Real. It's unreal for real. So make sure to check that out. Links will be in the description below. Um, next, we have Cash Bunny. You guys know her. She's been on the podcast before. I'm excited to bring her on. Um, I'll quit wasting your time. Let's just get into this. Let's just get into this next section. On the call right now, Cash Bunny, guru, legend, VFX God, out in Thank this you. motherfucker. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Uh, you were just on a cruise, dude. 
I was just on a cruise and how crazy is that timing? Uh, yeah, like when, when were you, did you just get back? Like not too long ago? Yeah, we got back on, well, we were supposed to get back on the 6th. We were supposed to land in New York on the 6th. And then during the cruise, it was a nine day cruise from London to New York. Yeah. We were getting content on it. And uh, during the cruise, the captain came on the loudspeaker and he was like, hey, everyone, I have an important announcement Uh, due to coronavirus. And like, everyone's like, what is he about to say? Um, And he was like, we're going to be switching routes and we're going to Miami instead of New York because basically they were going to New York to have this big opening party where all these publicists were going to go on the boat and see the whole venue and like all and have all these shows and stuff and they were like we don't think it's appropriate anymore to like have this big opening when everything's so dark right now and especially with the cruise ship industry right so we're rerouting we're going to Miami and we're getting there a day later than we were originally scheduled so then like everyone on the boat was just like holy shit yeah what a huge switch to like yeah. So we were on for 10 days actually, but thank God nobody got sick. That's crazy. We were all good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you see these boats like over here in Oakland and shit that are just chilling off the coast waiting to like figure out what to do. And they're just mm-hmm. people that have the virus that are sitting on it. What a crazy, this has been nuts. And I think that I, I feel like with this episode, I'm stoked to have you guys all on like different creators of different types on or whatever, and talk about how it's affecting you guys as creatives. We did a morning roast episode on it not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just was watching that. Nice. Uh, but I feel like piggybacking off of that, it's interesting, especially from you, from the editing standpoint, like primarily, obviously you direct and you go out and I feel like most of the content you are creating involves you shooting and aspects of you shooting. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to hear kind of your take on like, how are you dealing with the blowback of it now? Luckily, you're home safe and, and are hopefully virus free as yeah, we just hopefully. assume we are. That's, that's <laughs> exactly. why we got this hand sanitizer ring. <laughs> yes. Um, well, for me, like so much of my time, I do shoot, I do direct and stuff like that. But like a lot of my time is really just spent here at home editing. So I feel like, you know, relatively compared to other creators, I've been very fortunate to like not have a huge amount of blowback from this. Mm-hmm. Um, the cruise was obviously like a pretty big switch up, but that ended up being a good thing because we had an extra day to create and like, that was totally fine. And actually it was awesome because we went to Miami. So we got some warm weather to actually shoot like pool content and stuff like that. Um, so that was a good thing. But, uh, when I got home, I was supposed to do a job starting on that, uh, Friday, Friday, I was supposed to leave. So it was supposed to be a couple days after we got back from the cruise and that was going to be a five week long job. And um, like a pretty big thing I was producing, directing, shooting, like doing basically everything, hiring people. um, And that got postponed, they said, till the beginning of April. But actually, I just got word today that like the whole event we were covering is is canceled. So, damn, um, I don't there's still the opportunity of it being, you know, coming back and just being postponed to a later date. But no one knows what's going on right now. So then what what have you been thinking about, like, as time passes? Because we don't know. We don't know when we're going to be allowed to like hang out with each other again. You know what I mean? Like no one's supposed to leave their house. Everyone's supposed to stay quarantined, rock it out for like 14 days till April 1st when we're recording this right now, it's March 19th. So Mm -hmm. 11 more days of just chilling. And, uh, have you thought about it? Like, okay, what happens if this like rolls into like multiple months? You know what I mean? That just, honestly, it doesn't really feel that real right now. Like the two weeks feels very real and I'm like super prepared for that, but the you know the idea of this going on for months like is a little bit i mean it's definitely scary because it's just like well what does this look like and like i think what i'm a little bit scared of is that people are gonna not like right now people are being really diligent and really good about it 
but like if this goes on for months like it's gonna get a little bit more relaxed mm -hmm. and you know i don't know what that really means but all i know is like i'm trying to be really like responsible about it like our whole house decided nobody comes in or out or well i mean we can like go outside and whatever but nobody comes in for at least a week and then we'll see from there like closest friends anybody like nobody's coming in right um full lockdown full lockdown yeah because that's the only way because like if we have it if one of us has it probably all of us have it right. and then like there's just the, all the blowback from that is just going to be a huge headache and so we're just trying to be responsible no that's good i feel like um one thing that we talked about in the morning roast too was the idea of like repurposing old content for clients like there's yes either what content you may have or some clients like say these cruises or we'll just use them as an example since you just did a cruise job um say you say you hadn't shot any content maybe the the trip got postponed because of this before you even went out they probably mm -hmm. have so much other content that they've captured over the years and there's mm -hmm. tons of clients that have done that and i don't think a lot of people are thinking about the idea of like utilizing and repurposing that content which could be a huge benefit for editors um mm -hmm. do you have any advice for people that may have past clients and those clients may be sitting on some, you know, footage that they've never used or could repurpose to like turn that into like a potential job during this time, you know? Oh yeah. Like this is such prime time for getting into creative editing. And like, that's what that, those, that's my roots. You mm -hmm. know, like we talked about when we did the other podcast, like I didn't use a camera for years, but I was like, got a job editing videos at MTV, right. even though I had never shot anything because I was, you know, purpose or uh, sourcing from the internet and repurposing footage into other things. And so like right now is the perfect time for that. And you're already seeing that happen, like, you know, on TikTok and on whatever, people are making like memes and stuff out of existing footage and, and like really making them into something completely different. Like, like a lot of people are doing like the glam bot things right. and making them like funny memes, like, you know, where it's like hand sanitizer, toilet paper as like these glamorous shots, um, yeah. shout out Cole. Um, but, but yeah, this is like the perfect time for that is to show off your skills and what you're able to do if you don't have the best camera and if you don't have, you know, uh, uh, hours to shoot with somebody and you can't choose your location and whatever, but like just take what's out there and make something cool out of it. Right. During the downtime, are you finding yourself um, less panicked right now, obviously, because we just don't know what it is, but you're kind of relaxing a little bit in the sense of everything will work out and we'll be back to normal soon. And in the meantime, have you found... Uh, a way to take advantage of the time? Yeah, I think the first few days we were very like the whole house here. We were just taking it really seriously and like, you know, watching all the mayor's announcements, all five of us just huddled around and like listening to every word. He killed that, by the way. I, oh, I he's so good. He was really good. Like the way he, I'm like teleprompter or not, what, however he was able to memorize most of these lines because it flowed. And then he went straight into Spanish afterwards. I was like, God damn, I know. what a beast. Right. And like answering the questions so well, yeah. like, yeah, he Very killed informative. it. Yeah. He's doing them every day. So like we've been trying to watch it every day, but, but as of yesterday, we're getting a little bit more relaxed with that too. Um, and I think we're just kind of settling into it. Um, but Wait, what was the second part of that question? What, what have you been doing? Like, are you doing anything different? Like, you know, some people are taking advantage of like the time to like catch up on personal projects that they haven't had a chance to do that could be done. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I've been doing. Um, actually, my friend uh, just sent me some footage. He's like, you know, I don't know if you have any any like desire to play around with this. I was like, yeah, send it over. He's like an insane drone pilot, oh, and just sent me some footage, and uh, and so I've been playing around with that. A lot of what I've been doing is working on my preset pack, which like I started it two years ago and forgot about it. And then I was like, you know what? Now is the perfect time. Literally. I got hours to sit here mm. and just make all these keyframes and just start saving these presets. 
So like, that's a great use of time as well, in my opinion. Um, and also, t- uh, streamed on Twitch the other day, just like as I was editing and I right. was like, you know, I've never done Twitch before, but now is, you know, the perfect time to do it. People are hungry for content mm. and people, you know, even like sh- the daily show, you know, they're not even on. So if you yourself can create content that people want to watch during this time where nobody has anything to do, then right. like people want to watch something. Yeah. Um, so like I did that the other day and that was really cool, but also like I was kind of thinking of it more as like a almost how I would do like an Instagram live stream where I was trying to be like interactive and really talk to people the whole time. But I think the key moving forward would be just like set the set the stream and then just edit. And like, if you want to watch, you can watch. And if you don't, then you know what I mean? You can pop in and whatever. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. We talked about this the other day on the phone, but like, I think it would be cool to explore that, especially because there's so much you can learn by just observing. One of the main things that we always hope for is that you can get some sort of internship or apprenticeship or whatever it may be to mentor under someone that you look up to. And literally just, the best part is being able to like look over someone's shoulder and see how they're doing some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that could be super effective. Yeah. that I've learned so many things just by working with other editors. And like, it's interesting to see like YouTube culture, YouTube creators who normally do their own things, yeah. you know, and, and don't have like a, a office to work in with a lot of other editors. Like their editing styles are usually very, very specific. And like, you know, they do things in their very certain way, even though they're hugely famous, right. they ha- they don't, they just have always done it a certain way and it's always worked. Mm-hmm. But like when you have the opportunity to work around other editors and see how people do things, like a thousand, you know, 10 times in an hour, you'll be like, what was that? What was that? What was yeah, that? Yeah, of course. You know, and you just, you pick up so many things. And people ask me a lot, like a lot of like my friends who are creators who haven't worked in like a corporate environment, they'll be like, like, how are you learning all these things? I'm like, dude, like I worked with other editors and we would just all sit there and nerd out all day. So, you know, to give other people the opportunity to, to do that, even though they're not in a corporate setting, I think could be really cool. Do you see this like becoming something that beyond this virus happening, you know I mean? Hopefully it goes the fuck away pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if everyone stays inside and practices social distancing, uh, yes. do you see that like potentially something you would be interested in doing moving beyond being bored? Like, I think oh, it's yeah. such a cool tool to offer, especially your audience looks up to you and you share so many cool behind the scenes facts about like, this is how I did this and th- check me out on set and this, I'm flying the drone and, and you put what the thing uh, you had on your Instagram the other day, like I always t- take off, you went to the <laughs> Hollywood sign to fly, she went to fly the drone, she wanted to get shots of the clouds, the rolling clouds and above the Hollywood sign and she like had a video and then she like pointed out that she was missing a shoe and she says that she uses uh, her shoe as her tripod stand for her phone when she does her little videos. But you take people out with you, you know what I mean? You like kind of take them behind the scenes It's part of like kind of the nature of you as a creator. Mm-hmm. Is it challenging to, like for me, I love doing that as well. And I think it's really cool to break down how you do certain things. I've ran into it being kind of stressful because it's almost like in order for me to continue to do it constantly, I would have to go out and create things specifically for that breakdown because most of my clients require NDAs and I can't show uh, how I edited a footage of this person because it may make them look bad or someone could take it out of context or whatever it is, or someone could show the client that I'm using their footage and using as a, a teaching lesson. And it becomes so... I don't know. It's just the politics behind it are very tough. Like, how do you deal with that? Or how are you going to deal with that? Making your I content? I think I'm still going to find that out because like until now it's been pretty chill to like show, you know, some behind the scenes of like how we're setting up shots and stuff like that. But like, that's not necessarily always with big clients or like, I don't know, I guess I don't work with that many like 
celebrities. I mean, Will Smith, we did some behind the scenes with him, but like they're super chill about behind the scenes stuff and they, they want it and they, yeah, they, they like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think with other people, it's like a little bit more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, with this stuff, like, like with the Twitch stuff, like I won't definitely, when we talked about this the other day too, I definitely won't be able to just stream me editing everything because it's like, you know, for client stuff, that's really not chill to show, you know, any cleanup work or any like mistakes or things like that. Like that's definitely not chill to show. Um, so I guess, you know, in that way it's, it would be better to work on more personal projects, but that's, you know, good inspiration to do so. I just hope that it doesn't get, you know, to the point where I'm too busy with client projects that I can't do the other stuff. Right, Cause I, I do want to say, you know, with anything like that, you want to stay consistent. Yeah. It is challenging. Cause it's like, to me, if you, if you're a streamer or something, if you want to stream, the point is consistency, right? Like the pot, mm-hmm. like I, I struggled deeply with it right now and you, you're helping me out and everyone that's getting on this podcast today is helping me out because we, I hate the idea of having to do an interview like this because the person, like it's cool and it's personable, but it's not like authentic where I can have someone come and sit down on the podcast. And so this entire time, ever since I started, I've been able to make sure every interview has been done in real time, like with the person here with me. And now we can't, you know what I mean? So we're trying to mm-hmm. find alternative ways to like create something, but I don't want to break the consistency of having an episode drop on Sundays. Like I'm cool with it not being an right. interview this Sunday, but being able to dive deep and do this alternative, like kind of morning roast in like longer form is cool. But yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. that's a huge struggle is like, man, how do we, I don't want to break consistency. I want to try to provide enough value, but then you have to try to balance your work. Your work is how you make your money until you mm-hmm. find a way to like make streaming or, tutorials or whatever it may be make money you know what i mean because a lot that's how these people are doing it these people get brand deals and shit like that which is cool that you could kind of fuel it behind that damn i love that it, it could potentially make a whole new lane of like teaching for you you know what i mean yeah i mean i think there's so much opportunity within this that like that it's important to sort of shed a light on and be like okay well when you think about it from the point of everyone is at home and most of us have more free time than we're used to having what can you do with that? Right. Especially when you have a platform, how do you take advantage of the fact that there's all these people looking for things to do? And that's kind of what I'm exploring right now is like coming up with concepts that can work that into it. And I have a really cool idea. I don't want to like spoil it because it could be cool if no one knows what it is. Yep. But but like it, it almost feels like the pressure is on of like take advantage of this situation, make it work for you. You know what I mean? Make it cool, explore it, like, you know, be responsible, stay home. But like, what can you do at home? What have right. you never thought to, to shoot in your house or with your roommates or whatever? You know what I mean? And I'm seeing that from a ton of people, like interviewing their family members or, you know, doing dances or, you know, whatever the case may be. Oh, did you see that glam bot that somebody did where they, uh, on TikTok, it like blew up where they hung a uh, camera, a GoPro from the ceiling and then like pushed it towards themselves and did like a, re- yeah, no, people are getting super it. creative. I'll send it to you. Yeah. TikTok um, is fucking going up right now. Everyone's oh, it just, really is. It's unreal. But yeah, I agree. That's like, that's what's cool about it is that we have to, we're kind of like the pressure's on to come up with something new while you wait. Or you could, a lot of creators are just waiting and, and nervous and they don't know what's going to come next. But yeah, mm. I think a thinking outside the box and trying to find alternative ways to like continue your work or do your job. One thing I've struggled with that I've noticed so far in this shit is that I've been treating every day. It feels like, like as if I have like a, uh, not the flu, but like if I, if it was like a sick day, you know, like when you have a sick a day, snow day. Kind of like a snow day and you're just I like, know. I don't really want to do shit. Like I'm going <laughs> to eat bad food. I'm definitely not thinking about working out ever. 
And then my right. job, like work is so hard because you're just, we're also so distracted by trying to learn about this shit. So we're like on every social media platform looking through my girlfriend's little sister just sent us a screenshot that she was on it for 17 hours <laughs> in one day. You know, like she was oh, on dang. social media for just like on her phone, but it is something where it's like you're consuming, you're trying to learn. And then you, there's like this weird, like stigma that I put in my head of like, I, you don't really have to do shit, even though I have right. like two client jobs I need to finish. So I'm trying to work on that as much without getting distracted. And I really want to implement things like this and be proactive about creating. Uh, but for some reason, this fucking virus is like making it all right to like not do much too. Dude, same. Like it's been feeling like a snow day. And like, even though I work from home and would normally be in this situation where I'm homework, like nothing has really changed that significantly. I mean, I did have the job cancel and whatever, but like I work from home normally. Yeah, right. So just something about it is this, I think it's just like emotionally exhausting to like not know what the future is going to hold and like not know not be able to plan anything and like there's just so many question marks I for know. everybody and the fact that it's everyone in the world that's something that like i don't think i've ever experienced before where Hell every no. single person in the world is on the dealing with the same issue and so it's i think it's exhausting but i think it's also like there's a lot there to to bring us together and to like you know take advantage of in in a weird way it's and really i think that's crazy. we should you know yeah it's historic like it's such a weird thing to think of everyone on earth knowing about the same thing and like trying to figure out how to solve the same problem and protect themselves from the same problem and shit. Like everyone's dealing with it, but there's so many questions. No one knows how to react. You know what I mean? Like that's, what's really interesting is that they're all trying to decide what the right thing to do is for themselves. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not easy, but yeah, I think it for creators, it just opens up a whole new lane. Last night, some, one of Beyonce's fans, like, tweeted out some shit like all right let's all watch homecoming together the film on netflix oh i saw that and do a watch party so they had like b retweeted the person that said it and so everyone went oh. nuts and then netflix got behind it and they created their own extension for chrome so everyone could do like watch parties and <laughs> and so like but they broke it like the chrome extension couldn't handle the amount of people that were trying to do it it was crazy that's legendary it was so sick there was like a million users on chrome the chrome extension but like people all came together and were watching this film together. And I'm like, that really, I was like, damn, yo, that was kind of dope. And then I'm like, what if, what if we were able to do like, you know, review the movies? Like what if we're all watch a movie together and then like kind of broke shit down or discussed it like a book club would do like that mm -hmm. could be a hobby that people take up. Like there's so many different things that you could be doing. We're trying to organize like a big, big, um, like breakdown uh, with one of my homies and his crew and, that's something we're trying to organize for black and no cream coming up. So we could do like a two hour stream where we're like chatting up with different people and breaking. There's so many things that we could be doing. Um, mm -hmm. It's just about being proactive on it. Damn. Yeah. And I think th there really is. And I think like, like going back to what we were saying about like, you know, streaming and you can't necessarily always stream client projects, but like everyone's sitting on footage, mm -hmm. all your creator friends are sitting on footage that they're like, it's cool, but I don't really have any purpose for it. So like you can all come together and like make something together like, yo, send me your footage. I'll send you mine and let's see. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Right. But like no expectations. And I think that's also what's cool about, you know, not having everything you do be a client project for a little while. Cause it's like, it's very liberating. And even when I was doing that, that stream the other night, everyone was like, oh, when's this coming out? I'm like, it's probably not. I don't, right. I'm just messing around, you know? And that's, there's a lot of freedom in that. And I think, I think we're going to see a lot of cool 
projects and a lot of cool content come from this whole quarantine situation. It still feels weird to say it. Um, it doesn't feel real, but also I had a, a client that I've worked with a fair amount reach out the other day about starting a new project, like big reputable client. And that was like, I, I mean, I didn't expect to be getting any new calls from people, but they were specific about like, you know, asking me first, first and foremost, how I was doing through the quarantine and then saying like, we know this is affecting creators and we want to do our part to like not stop everything so that things can keep going and, and yeah. to help creators. Yeah. That's, so what, people that's are, what people got to do, man. It's like, this is the mm-hmm. time to do it. It's now more than ever. There's so many of us that are affected by it. Money stops and black window cream. If you go to just scroll through the Facebook page, it's just constant people like, yo, I just lost all these jobs. I lost 49 jobs. They're keeping track of like all the jobs they're losing that were coming up just because so many people are event based. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we do a lot of shit around events. You were on a fucking big ass boat for a week. Like mm-hmm. if that would have happened to been here, that could have been a big chunk of your income for the year. You know what I mean? And yeah. We were supposed to go back in May and there, over all with. the cruises are canceled. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. It's crazy. So it's like, I don't know. It's a big, big lesson to like understand the value of saving some money and being prepared for stupid shit like this. So you don't have to trip out, but there's a lot of people out there that are living paycheck to paycheck and have to like figure it out. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. man, all right, well, this was dope. Thank you for doing this random. Yeah, of course. Thanks for asking random me too. Idea. Hopefully people like this shit. Uh, how, <laughs> is there anything else you want to tell people? Uh, I don't think so. I got a preset pack coming out soon that I've been working on (laughs) over this quarantine. So what's the goal of that? Like what's the preset pack all about? Like what kind of presets? So it's like, it's basically ghetto auto reactivity for people who don't use after effects. Mm. So this, I started this like two years ago when I was only working in premiere. And so I wanted things to be able to bounce to the music, but I, you can't do that. There's no like audio reactivity built into premiere and I didn't know after effects. So I'm just kind of seeing it through now, but basically it will have, every bpm in every frame rate and i'm just sitting here manually just jesus christ thousands of keyframes i don't even i want to count how many i don't even know how many but it should be pretty cool i'm gonna give it away for free probably psychopath psychopath she's spending two years making this pack and she's like here free i know so stupid and then i saw somebody like selling a preset pack today and it was like three little things and i was like oh that's what i'm saying yo you need to sell it (laughs) or at least if you're gonna do it for free because you're a nice person that's cool uh, put a donate button somewhere next to it because people donate to that shit all the time and yeah. honestly you deserve it. At least rent paid for one month off this preset pack. Yeah, I don't know. I'll think about it. I was thinking maybe 24 hours free and then do it paid or something Great like idea. that. Great yeah. idea. Fuck it. Um, yeah. how, how will people find that? Are you putting it on your website or what? I'll put it. I'll definitely post something about it on my Instagram. I got to make a little video of how to use it and stuff like that. Okay, but, cool. Um, so keep an eye out for her. Links to her Instagrams in the biz IO and yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for doing this. You're the yeah, shit. Yeah, of course. Um, we'll get you in on another morning roast soon at some point. Please. I would love to come. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Stay safe. Yo, if you guys are not already following Cash Bunny, I highly, highly suggest you check her out on Instagram. Her content is very, very motivating. Um, she also shares a lot of cool behind the scenes work on her Instagram stories. She's filling you in on how she achieves things. She's showing you an uh, advanced looks at what she's making. So definitely check her out. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was awesome. If you guys are enjoying this, please let us know in the comment section on YouTube if you could go over to YouTube and just leave your takeaways. I would love to hear what kind of information you're taking away from these episodes. Um, what did it the, it's a real say so far that you, that you kind of find uh, helpful to you as a creative? What did Cash Bunny say? Um, and then next, we're going to have Morgan Cooper. Um, so I would love to hear what you think about him. 
He is a phenomenal director. His work is next level, and he's about to be that dude for the next 10 years. I, I guarantee you this. So make sure you check him out, and let's get into his section right now. Morgan Cooper, live with us. Not really live, but pre-recording with us. <laughs> How you doing, dog? Peace, bro. I'm good, man. I'm good. Just, uh, just like everyone else, man. I'm just hunkering down, and um, it's just a crazy time, man, but you know feel blessed man so right. how you doing i'm great you you uh you said you're in kansas city right now that's a that's good for you right you you'd rather be bunkered down in in kc versus la right yeah man uh flew back like three days ago uh you know i, I still i kept my place in kansas city uh for times such as this you know what i mean where it's just like for i gotta go back to <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like, uh, you never know. I've always got a place to go back to, man. And, and, you know, I'm near my family. If something was to happen, I couldn't be there to, to help or do anything about it. That'd be really, really difficult. So uh, I figured I'd come back and be near my family. So No, I love that. That, that shit drives me crazy, too, because we, we were doing the same thing with me and my girl. We're like, man, it's like I would love to go to Iowa. But at the same time, you just assume that this shit could just be done soon. So you hope that, you know, what I mean, you can't really predict it. But now it's to the point where I don't want to be part of the problem traveling like like I literally was talking about, like, do we leave like in a day or two? Should we drive back to Iowa? That's a three day trip though, bro. So that's, yeah. that's a long jaunt. You probably yeah. done it. You drove, did the drive out here? No. Oh, no, good. you're good. Yeah. It's it's good one time. I don't know about during an <laughs> epidemic or whatever. Cause you're just hauling ass to get back. But anyway, bro, I feel, I feel yeah. like, um, as I dressed it up before, it's like, I'm talking to different creatives. And I think that this is such an interesting time for all of us. And, and especially for you, a director, a writer, you know, like you're constantly either on set or in writing rooms or taking meetings all involved being around a lot of people. Um, minus writing. Sometimes you can write by yourself, obviously, if you need to, but I was just interested to see how it's affecting you like job wise. Like how, how are you handling all this? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, there's really been no effect on me, to be honest with you. Um, you know, since I pivoted into writing, directing, um, I've really just been developing projects, you know, on the TV side, just continuing to write. Um, thankfully, my deals are done for those projects. And so, uh, so really, you know, in terms of, of work, it's actually been, I hate to say this because, you know, it really is a catastrophe what's happening. It's very, very sad. And um, you know, so many people are, are really suffering, you know, in the service industry, anything where like people need to populate, like are really hurting theaters, like you name it. So obviously like that's terrible, you know, for, for me though, as a writer, um, the time has been really, really helpful. So I'm really just making the best out of, out of the time to really hunker down and write, you know, um, you know, a lot of the meetings, well, all the meetings I had booked outside of some that I'm taking virtually, you know, through the, uh, through Zoom, you know, stuff like that have been pushed indefinitely, you know, until this thing clears up. And so I've really just been able to just really zone in and get get my writing done. And so, uh, so yeah, really no effect. You know, thankfully, my deals are done on my projects. So Right. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. And I think we kind of all strive for uh, free time. Like we always think about it every single day. Like, Man, if only I had all day to focus on this one thing and it's kind of rare and this forces us almost to be put in that, in that box. Um, right. I, I always think about it too. And through different creatives I've talked to, like a YouTuber might be like, yo, this is actually the best shit ever because everyone's bored and needs content. So they're just watching my live streams or they're watching my, whatever they do. And I think that that is a positive right now. But then I, if I think about it, cause I'm always interested, like what if this shit goes South for longer than we planned? 
um, how does this change? So like, for instance, if you, yeah, people like to tune into your streams and your brands are still giving you money and stuff, but then eventually maybe people aren't getting paid as much because they can't work anymore. Now they don't get money. They can't help support the brands that support you to stay on YouTube or, or whatever. But for yours, is it something, do you ever think about it? Like from a standpoint of you can write all day, but if productions can't get back to work, what do we do with the literature? You know what I mean? For films, you know what I mean? Do you ever think of it that way from that aspect? Um, I have thought about that, man, you know, and, and honestly, I, I think at that point, there really is no answer, you know, anything really is possible. And I think, uh, I don't think there's any way the world stays the same after this. Um, I don't think anyone will argue with that. The fact that like this will change, this will change things. This is going to change nearly every industry in some way or another. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, I, I suppose it's a possibility and, and that would be, that'd be really difficult. You right. know, uh, I really do love writing, but I love being on set, man. I, I love being, uh, behind monitor and I, I just love that side of, of storytelling. And so, uh, you know, I'm trying to just keep all the positive energy flowing and just say, look, you know, this thing, you know, everybody doing their part, staying inside, um, you know, making sure to, to combat this thing and everybody do their part, you know, the hope is that this thing blows over and things can get back to normal and maybe even, you know, in abundance of like what it was, you know, cause there will be so, so much energy for people to, uh, to connect with each other and tell stories again, you know, and I think what it does really puts things perspective and makes you appreciate the time that you do have together with your loved ones Hell on set. You see what I'm saying? So like, I think there's a lot of perspective to be gained from this. And so it's all, it's all about taking that negative and turn it into a positive, which, you know, all my energy is going towards you yeah. know, that direction. Absolutely. You know? No, nah, I think that's, that's super Question true. Though. Is it, you, you, you know, you announced the, um, and I saw Quibi has been doing a full court press right now. Uh, I see Chance the Rapper popping up as an ad every time I'm watching like Hulu and shit and, and it's promoting Quibi. <laughs> yeah. You, did some content with them and with Gabrielle Union and you announced not too long ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing a show for, for Quibi right now, man. It's called black coffee, black um, coffee. Right. Yeah. So is that, has you guys haven't gone into production? It's just still in the writing mode right now. Yeah. Still writing, um, you know, and just really, really enjoying the process, man. It's, it's just going to be such a cool show, bro. Yeah. I, I can't wait to, I can't wait to share this. Show. I know. This is, right. That's what I'm excited for. I'm interested to see like, uh, it's like, in this time, I mean, that was what, was that what you were working on focusing on the writing of that show even before this shit started hitting the fan? Was, was you, were you really focusing on this? Is this still like the main thing that you're, you're focused on right now? There's a lot, man. There's a lot. Ah. I can't, there's, there's, there's a particular project I want to speak on. Yeah. But I can't yet. Right. Um, but you know, in heavy development for that, uh, we're excited to take that out. Like literally as soon as this blows over, we're going to take it out. But, um, Oh, good. That's amazing. Yeah. No, nah, I, uh, I already tell on your face, you're, you're pumped as hell. <laughs> it's special, man. So th that's the thing, man. I feel like last year, you know, after, after Bella dropped and, you know, I, I pivoted into writing and directing, it was just planting, you know, planting seeds. You know what I mean? It was, I, I was literally shifting my career trajectory. Right. And mm -hmm. so planting all these seeds, taking all these different meetings, you know, building out your slate. And then this year is just watering those seeds. And I feel like 2021 is when it's just like, it's all going to bloom, you know, when, when all of this new material that I'm making, you know, is released. And so, so this year, man, just, you know, I'm hunkered down in the lab, bro, you know, and just, 
just building the craft, man, just really diving deeper into the story. So I mean, I'm excited about it, man. You know, this is a crazy time. You're just telling me, you know, about your personal ties to what's happening, man, and just sending good energy to everyone out there affected right. by this, man, and just, you know, sending everyone just good energy, man. So. Right. You when when it comes to like writing on on the content that you're working on, all these all these things that you're preparing, are you the sole writer on these projects, or is there multiple writers you bring in a team together? And and if so, how how has it, how has it changed? I'm assuming maybe I, before you left LA, you guys were getting together and working in a, in a writer's room, trying to come up with ideas. If you were working with the team, um, is it difficult to work with people through the internet and, and through discussions like this, or do you find it pretty easy? Yeah. So the Quibi show I'm writing by myself. It's all you. Yeah. It's all me. Got it. Um, and what, what enables me to do that is the fact that it, it's short form. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, 12 episodes, 10 minute episodes a piece. It's, it's like writing a feature, essentially. If it was like a half hour show, an hour long show, there's no way, you know, I could write that alone. It, that would require a room. But this is one where uh, I see the vision very, very clearly of what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to say through the story. And so, uh, so I write it alone, you know, and of course there's notes from, um, you know, there's notes from Quibi, there's notes from Gab, there's notes from Holly over at Gab's company. Um, there's notes from, you know, there's going to be notes from Daniel and North who just attached herself uh, to help me with development um, as well. So, uh, yeah, the process, man, is it's been great. A lot of calls, um, just a lot of notes being sent over, a lot of uh, a lot of people tapping in, but it's all just to tell a better story, man. So I'm enjoying the process, man. I'm enjoying it. Once again, I'm just excited to make it, man. Yeah. So I think we're going to be really excited about this show. So. How, how has it been adjusting, like... I mean, every month you're just climbing this ridiculous ladder, like, and, and it's escalated quickly, bro. Like you're working with Gabriel Union, all these legends and, and all these different people. How's it been working with them outside of like coming from, especially when in, in your podcast episodes, like we're talking about this grind of like very DIY, very limited support, but you and your squad and the people that fucked with your idea that you could contain and, and pay, obviously, but you brought all these people together. Now you're working with another level of this shit. And I, I know that you have more projects slated that you're not talking about, but how has it been adjusting to working on that level? You know, you instantly signed to an agency um, coming out and now you're repped. You know what I mean? It's, it's just a whole other ball game. Do you feel like you ease into it or um, or has it been kind of difficult adjusting to working on that level of, I don't know, pace, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's the, the transition's actually been very, very, I don't want to say easy. Nothing's easy, right? But um, I've really, really embraced the process and embrace the transition, embrace the change, you know, um, if anything, like, I think it's, it's been so smooth because of, of, you know, where I come from, like shooting those low budget music videos when I was 18 and then eventually, you know, shifting into my work as a cinematographer where I have adequate support on set. There's a budget for the projects I'm doing, the commercials I'm doing. And so, but even still, you know, cinematography is like a very, very like rigorous, job like there's so much involved in it and there's so many different pieces and so even now like letting the camera go and just you know becoming a writer right and Mm -hmm. uh and just directing where i'm not touching the camera it's like if any i mean i i really do think cinematography like being a cinematographer is the hardest job one of the hardest jobs in the business i mean there's (laughs) there's so much responsibility right i mean you know you know you're you're a cameraman bro i mean there's just so many factors to think about um so yeah man i mean the transition's been great you know gab has been so supportive you know my team my agency my management have just been 
terrific. And so I really enjoyed it and the support's there and the support's great. So I would say the transition's been very smooth, bro. Uh, I, I really embrace the learning side of it too, man. Learning about deal making, um, you know, learning about business at a higher level, um, you know, now that I'm stepping into these, these roles, bro. So um, I know I'm meant to be here, bro. And there's always more to learn. You see what I'm saying? That takes pressure off feeling like you got to know everything. You right. don't, you know? So I'm picking up the books, man. Just like keep my head down and just doing the work and committing to the work. Um, continue just to water those seeds, man. So right. I feel like it's important to just always be listening. Like if you can come in as a, a student, you know what I mean? Like you, yep. you don't have to know all the tricks. You can just kind of be in it and absorb the tricks by just being there and being open to listening. I think that could also affect a lot of people who come in trying to yeah, it's cool that you got in the room and some people let that get to their heads and then they, they, they fail because of that. Cause they try to come in with too much pride to act like they're not, they know everything, you know what I mean? And people could sniff that shit off you right away. You know what I mean? That's so true, bro. Like, bro, literally you just said it. That's the biggest thing you, you can feel like stepping in these rooms. You're there. It's just like, okay, young guy, you know, he's shifted into right. Like, is he just going to like try and like hold court and like, dominate the conversation but i've always been a listener mm. you know what i mean just somebody to to really listen and not just listen just wait for my turn to talk but somebody who's who's really absorbing like the knowledge and information listening is so valuable bro it's literally free information it, it is you just sit there and listen. bro that's like that's so valuable like that's what this podcast is man <laughs> i'm like dog people are crazy if they're not tuning into these episodes there's so much so much to learn you know what i mean like i learn every time i talk to someone i learn it's like it's the key. It's the the most valuable university you could ever attend is just listening to the people that have done some, something that you appreciate or would strive to be like, you know what I mean? No, you're exactly right, man. I think it comes down to like, uh, being secure with yourself. Mm -hmm. Cause you're so right. It's like you get into these rooms, just remember it's like, and you don't have to say it out loud. You know, it's, it's all about being humble and just knowing within yourself. It's like, I belong here. Like there's a reason I'm in this room and that's enough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta prove yourself. You don't have to prove yourself or anything like that. It's like, I'm in this room for a reason. When I have something to say, I'm going to say something, but I'm not going to just take up airtime just to talk. Right. You know, I got something to say. I'm going to say it. I'm going to stand my ground with what I say, but being willing to listen and be willing to, to let your idea grow and evolve. You know what I mean? And giving other people authorship within your idea. It's like, that's collaboration, bro. You see what I'm saying? It's not, not in a vacuum. Right. No, I love that. What's uh? For someone that's listening to this right now, you know, what I mean, maybe they haven't had a chance to ever really truly dip into writing. I remember being, you know, when I thought I was going to be this Steven Spielberg or some shit, I didn't even really understand directors at the time. But back in the day when I was like, I'm going to be a writer, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I was going to Barnes and Noble ripping like script writing 101 books, you know what I mean? And yeah. if, if you're if you're listening to this and you're interested in writing and, and tapping into that, maybe you've always held the camera, but you yourself have had ideas or stories you want to get on paper. What's some advice you could give to young writers um, who are interested in getting into the, maybe it's a hobby at first for them, but could potentially become a career for them? What advice? No, that's, really, that's a really good question, man. Um, yeah. Pick up the books. Don't be afraid to do the work. Um, three more things. Don't be afraid to write badly. Just mm -hmm. write. Like that's very, very important. It's like uh, somebody very, very wise once told me you write for the rewrite. And so get it all down and then you're going to rewrite it. Just know that. But it's like, you know, when, when you get through that first pass, like you're, that's the canvas. You see what I'm saying? I, I never felt like the blank 
the blank pages canvas. It's like, no, 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 you get through it. And at that point, like that's the canvas, that's the bones. And then you get through and it's all about fine tuning. So write for the rewrite. Don't be afraid to write badly and also study the work that you love. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I always think of like the films I love. I'm always just reading the screenplay and then you cross reference and see, okay, like how did, how, how did this screenplay, you know, get to the, like what is, how did this live on screen? You see what I'm saying? So you're, you're looking at the script from a filmmaking perspective and just kind of, um, you know, reverse engineering, like what got to the screen. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I really feel like that's improved. Uh, that's improved my skill set as I develop, um, develop my craft as a writer. So just kind of cross comparing uh, films I love with their screenplays. So. Right. I love that. I remember I would always like, uh, I found, I think the script for Entourage, like the first, the pilot episode, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I found both of those pilots and I remember watching, reading the pilot over and over again, and then like being interested in the direction, you know what I mean? You're like, all right, this character should sound like this, but how is it gonna sound? And then when you compare it to the actual episode, you can see how it transcends to the actors, how the actors bring it to the screen, how the director's directing that, but it's interesting to try to figure out how to create voices on paper. And, to, and, and that's just one part of the art. You gotta build a whole story on top of it and be able to really set scenes and, and craft that stuff. But I think, it, I think it's really intimidating for a lot of people, but I love what you said, like being able to just spill your guts real quick and then figure out how to kind of organize that and get it to make sense a little bit more and, and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. It's like the key to it. Is there, is there a, is there anything that you do as like a practice, um, some sort of like writing practice that kind of puts, you know, maybe it's like, uh, I'm going to try to tell a story only using past tense or anything like that. That's a really, really dope question. Um, so I keep like just notes mm. on my phone. And if an idea comes to me, man, I just write it down. It ain't got to be pretty, but it's like um, just really writing those uh, those creative waves where it just comes and just spurts, man. You ever get, um, do you do any writing at all, bro? Uh, I used to a lot more in the past, but I mean, not as much now. I mean, I do write some different things on paper, but it's, it's just for like, maybe I'll use it later. Usually if it's like music video or commercial content, I'm like building exactly. the backstory for that. Yeah, so like materials like that, it ain't got to be like, you know, like uh, traditional screenplays, but whatever it is, a treatment. Right. And these ideas just come to you and they just flow. Mm -hmm. It's just like getting those ideas down, getting those ideas down. Like, so that's something that I, I do all the time, man. It, it could be whatever. I just like, just write it. You know, it could be my day and, you know, something I saw, a conversation that I had that was really inspiring or really funny. I'll just write it down and it yeah. finds its way to the material. Right. Um, I will say that something that's really, really helpful, man, is just really learning how to outline and committing yourself to the outline part of the process. Um, that's something that's very, very important. And everybody's different, man. It's like, there's a uh, an idea I had and all I had was like a log line and, you know, three basic characters of the film. Um, and I, I skipped the outline and because I was like, I'm going to save, I'm going to save this project. Like it's deeper down my slate. I'm just going to hold off. And one day, bro, I went to a coffee shop and it just gushed out and I wrote 60 pages in like God three days. Damn. Yeah. It was crazy, dude. I've never, I've never like been hit with that wave like that. And I just kept writing, kept writing, kept writing. I And then like the story was just evolving, man. It was so organic and so beautiful. So I'm like halfway through the script. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to like, I'm ready to write out my treatment for this. And so, uh, I'm, super super close to being done with my treatment and uh you know we're gonna take that out and i'm gonna go back and then once again rewrite like the first half of the film and then finish it so it's always different the biggest thing is just like just do it show up open up your laptop open you know open up final draft mm -hmm. um open up your notes and just like 
just just write. Is so. Final Draft your go to software for writing scripts? Yeah, yeah, I use Final Draft. Man, it's great. It's, it is. I'll be real with you. I might have I might have told you this offline, but like that's another thing. <laughs> you know, when I signed as a writer director, like I didn't know how to use Final Draft at all. Are you serious? Yeah. No, no, you I never, never told me that. So, what, how would you write? You would just do docs and like <laughs> bullshit, like kind of mimic it, bro. It was so ugly. Dude. That sounds like, so time consuming. It was so bad, bro. It was so bad. Like the the script for like Room Tone Fem and Bel and Bel Air. Like I wrote a script for like the, that entire trailer. Uh, I just beat it out in like pages, like Apple pages. Wow, that's funny as hell to me. But it feels it feels so good. Like when you watch it, it feels really, really good for for being some of the first projects you took on. You know what I mean? Yeah, thank you, bro. Thank you, man. I mean, in granted, a lot of that was just like my experience as a filmmaker. Yeah. But in terms, like that was that's what really carried it. Right. But now it's like it's fun. You know, it's been really fun over this past year of just getting grassroots, and it took it only took like like two days to really learn final draft. And then it's like, Oh, okay. And it just flows. But that's to, really but, funny to me, doc. For, for people who don't know, final draft is an amazing software for screenwriting. Like it, it makes, it solves a lot of problems. It has a lot of shortcuts and things that'll save you time from having to like redo your structure in like a Google doc or something that highly suggests that shit, man, that is nuts. That is nuts. Um, outside of this, bro, like what, what's the thing you're most excited for? I know you can't talk about these projects, but for you personally and your growth right now, it's like, I love that you are able to just be in Kansas city. Like you don't really need this industry. You've done all, like you said, you've laid all the groundwork down to, for you to be able to just kind of do your art now, um, moving forward. Like what's, what's your plan, especially after this whole virus shit ends, but like, where do you see yourself going outside of producing the the black coffee show and things like that? Where do you want to see yourself next? Yeah, man. I mean, I think my biggest goal over the next 10 years is to, um, to complete, you know, my current slate, uh, you know, I've got four features that I want to make that I'm wow. on fire for. Nice. Um, and so to complete those, uh, complete these TV projects that I have. And at that point, uh, become a, an ambassador, you know, I want to start, um, opening up doors for new voices, you know, and, you know, kind of being a, uh, uh, facilitator, bro. Yeah, facilitator. Uh, I want to continue to grow as a producer. I want to continue, you know, I want to open a studio. I want to do it all, bro. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, uh, it, it's way bigger than like, of course, I love filmmaking and I love the craft, but like my vision is way bigger than this. You know, mm -hmm. my goal is really to to usher in like the next generation of storytellers to where, you know, I'm 40, 50, 60 years old. And, you know, I have these protégés who are making incredible art. And my hope is that they do the same thing. And, you know, they're, they're taking it upon themselves to open up doors for other people. It's like, you know, when you, when you get up in the elevator, it's like, you got to send it down, you know, make sure other people are able to come up, you know, Absolutely. it's bigger than just me. So like that, that, that's why it's kind of difficult to explain because the vision is, is really, really big, but it all involves like uplifting, other people and giving other people opportunities who wouldn't have them. I love that, man. That's amazing. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see where it goes. And obviously you got to give black window cream, like maybe an early screener party for the first feature, bro. You know, what I'm Mom, bro, I got you. <laughs> do a little collab right there. No, that's amazing. dude. You're going to, you're going you're gonna to crush this shit though. Like I, for real, you have a, there's something different about you, man. And I, anyone that's listening to this, if you haven't heard his interview, like, please go listen to black window cream interview. Uh, all the links and all that shit are going to be in the bio, but you just got another, I don't, you're just a genuine dude, you know what I mean? And, and that shit goes a long way. So I appreciate everything you do for the community, obviously, and, and the filmmaking space for sure. 
No doubt, bro. And I feel the same. The feeling is mutual, bro. Thank you for all you do, man. You're inspiring so many, dude. And so uh, I always love chopping with you, man. I'm glad same. you're doing well and uh, look forward to uh, to connecting again very soon, fam. Thank you, bro. All right. That's it. That that concludes the first edition of the Quarantine and Chill podcast. Hopefully, hopefully you like it. Quarantine and Chill makes sense. We should all be quarantining because we don't want to add to the problem. Um, you should be chilling because because what else are you going to do? And also this podcast is something that you can consider an educational piece. So hopefully you're taking notes because there's a lot to gain from there. Make sure to follow all of our guests uh, links and all that stuff is in the bio. But what I want to talk about first is um, we're having a big live stream on Friday. We've been pre-planning it right now. We're in the middle of getting all the flyers and the promo material, but you guys will probably be the first ones to find out about this Friday, March 27th at noon Pacific time. We're doing a four hour stream. Um, we're calling it the Justin Bieber changes the movement series. We're bringing, bringing you behind the scenes with the people that are behind the lens. So we're bringing on the director, Nick DeMora, Andrew Sandler, the producer, Taylor Randall, director of photography, Francesca. Oh man, I'm going to fucking botch her name. I'm going to wait till I ask her how to say her last name, but she, she likes to go by Frenchie. She's a set designer. So we're bringing all four of them on to discuss the process of how they went about it, but also to give you a chance to do a live Q&A. You'll be able to tap in via video and talk to them. We did this last month with Kavika and it was amazing on via Intro to VFX. Um, so we're hoping to really make this something that kind of comes out monthly with Black Window Cream. So if you guys are interested in that, the link will be in the bio of this video or on this podcast. Make sure to register now to save your seat. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a big one, really big one. Um, that's it, cool. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, you know, thank all the grocery store workers and the healthcare workers if you're running into them for working on your behalf, on our behalf, and making you know making sure we're taking care of people. And uh, just be a fucking good person, and just listen to whatever the government's saying right now because we don't fucking know what's going on. But it it does make sense to just quarantine and chill. All right, cool. That's it. Love y'all. Bye.